2: Oh hi, welcome to Telling Everybody Everything Patio Drinking Edition. Yes, you're allowed to go outside. The weather is improving, but I mean, lockdown stuff is getting harder in Ontario, which is the province in Canada that I am from. It's lifting in England. We all have a sense of like, oh, thank you overlords for giving us our tiny rights back. Uh, It's all part of the plan, (laughs) but in Ontario, ho-hem-gee, they're locking down. Their soccer-slash-football fields are closed, the parks are closed, they cannot go to any outdoor restaurants, and police have more power, they can just stop you in your car in Ontario at any point and ask where you're going, what the reason is for leaving your house, and ask for your address. They can do that to anyone, anytime, which, you know, I don't know what you believe in. I just feel like <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever get those rights back. The conservative premier of Ontario, Doug Ford, he's Rob Ford's brother. You remember Rob Ford. He was really fun. He smoked crack while well, his brother has given a press conference. And it just uh, sounds a little nuts to me. And trigger alert, there are Canadian accents
1: we've implemented the strictest measures in all of north america and the difficult truth is every public health measure we have left comes with a massive cost to people and their lives but we have never shied away from doing what's necessary we have made the deliberate decision to temporarily enhance police officers authority for the duration of the stay-at-home order moving forward Police will have the authority to require any individual who is not in a place of residence to first provide their purpose for not being at home and provide their home address. Police will also have the authority to stop a vehicle to inquire
2: about an individual's reason for leaving their residence.
1: And our inspectors will also be ensuring that those who absolutely must come to work are strictly following the public health measures. For our employers and employees, take note. This is your last warning.
2: It's hard to hear accents like that uh, delivering such dark news. Provide your purpose for not being at home? I mean, why don't I talk like that? I really don't understand. Even when I was a child, I did not speak that way. And sometimes I hear from my sisters or even my mom really sounds more Canadian than ever. I don't know what's happening. All I have to say is God bless Ontario. I know my friends are not doing well. Their children are not doing well. They're like really unhappy. And I know everyone has to do whatever needs to be done to get rid of this thing. But I just, oh God, leaving it to these uh, bewilderingly stupid MPs seems not to be doing the trick. Whatever they're doing now, I don't know. Should they maybe have done it a year ago? I don't know. I don't have the answers. That's why I'm not an MP. But it just seems terrifying to me. And in the summer, I thought that people couldn't really get that sick in the summer. I mean, vitamin D, I don't really understand. There are so many different ways to interpret data different theories about medicine and sometimes people are wrong like we're human beings we are fallible but oh my gosh my stepmom the other day and Cheryl if you're listening no shade at all but I mean this is bonkers to me she posted about um, this new medical discovery where your belly button when you were a baby obviously was the link to the placenta and all of your nutrients came from the umbilical cord. Well, it is believed in some circles now that there is a gland left over in your belly button today. It's called the pacoti gland or pachoti. It's P-E-C-H-O-T-I. And my stepmom was saying... You can put CBD oil on your belly button and it absorbs throughout your entire body. I don't know if it's a way to get like high or just enjoy the benefits of CBD. I don't know, but it's called the Pachoki intake method is based on the idea that you can absorb substances like essential oils through your belly button. This includes massaging them in for pain relief and relaxation. It's thought that a gland called the pachoti gland in your navel allows you to absorb substances like CBD oil onto your body. However, there's no evidence that this gland actually exists. Well, that's not going to stop Gwyneth Paltrow from selling me belly button oil now, is it? There's no harm in trying the pachoti method to see what it does for you. Let's get into whether it works, whether it's safe, and how you do it if you want to try it. So this is on healthline.com. It's from Ayurvedic medicine. Oh, that's Indian medicine that focuses between the connections between physical and spiritual health. No clinical evidence. Well, you know what? There's a lot of Eastern medicine that doesn't bear any resemblance to western medicine that we know and practice today and there's no clinical evidence simply because there haven't been studies on it Um, it takes a lot of you know going through hoops to get something clinically um, approved so maybe it is true I mean if you are out in the garden today why not save yourself the liquor in the remaining liquor in the cabinet and put just a little dollop just a little teardrop of gin and tonic in your belly button you know, some other sunbathers, they may be like, what the fuck? And you'll just be like, Pachote method. All right. I am enlightened. Deal with it. You don't have to drink it like some type of Neanderthal. That's, that's passe. What we're doing now, umbilical cord tissue, gin and tonic. I, I might open a bar. Actually, I live in North London. This is exactly the type of crowd that would be into it. All these like young, hungry people and no one can afford drinks anymore. Let's face it. Just everyone take your shirt off. You get one little turkey baster syringe drop of any cocktail. Sit it on your belly button. I might have some servers come around and massage it in. I don't know. I haven't totally thought out the business plan. There will be a bunch of different oils to choose from, an oil essential oils bar. You watch. You heard it here first. I'm telling everybody everything. This is going to be the future. If you ever want to email me, by the way, I say it at the end, but I might as well say it now telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Pachodi Bar is a registered trademark of telling everybody everything. Today, upon recording this podcast, it's Saturday, April 17th. It is the Duke of Edinburgh's funeral day. Prince Philip sadly passed a week plus one day ago, and now is the time that everyone's gathered to do his final farewell all around Windsor Palace and take him to, I think it's called St. George's Cathedral, parish, church, beautiful place, monument, and then to his final resting place. And what a life. A lot of people wanna say, oh, he was the the Battenberg uh, king of banter. And a lot of people say he was uh, gently racist people have their opinions, but you know, what do you want from a 100-year-old prince? Really, what do you want? And I love his mother, Princess Alice, and I got into a little tiff the other day because someone said, oh yeah, Princess Alice was born in England and then she went away and married, uh, I think, this prince of Greece and then she was a royal there or a king of Greece or something and then they had to flee when the rebels you know exiled them and took over the palace and they went here and they went there and she was um, in Germany at the time of the war and she she had such a bananas lifestyle anyone who lived during that time especially a royal would have had a lifestyle that we can't even imagine today and then she was committed to a mental institution for having schizophrenia. And Freud, like Sigmund Freud wanted to do all these weird things to her ovaries. He wanted to x-ray them to bring on early menopause because I think she might have been too sexual. I mean, who what is too sexual for a woman to be at that age? She was just spicy and provocative as far as I can tell. And then she would also be advocating for Jewish people on the streets during The time when everyone thought in Germany that being a Nazi was the right thing to be. She was very anti that. She was always helping them outside and trying to do um, humanitarian work. Oh, that makes a person crazy, I guess. And they said, uh, No, Catherine, she was crazy. She was committed. And I'm like, Well, yeah, no one's disputing that she was committed. I get that. But I don't think she was crazy. I think. I would have been committed. I think every woman in my family would have been burned as a fucking witch. Like, you could not step out of line back then. So I don't know. I feel a deep spiritual connection to Princess Alice. And I'm sure she wasn't perfect either. Um, even Mother Teresa wasn't perfect. We we know stuff about Mother Teresa now. And she's the name that we always used to be like, oh, some kind of Mother Teresa. Well, then she also advocated suffering. She said, like, God wanted these kids to suffer or something. So Look, you're never going to find someone who's 100% perfect. But Princess Alice, love it. Prince Philip, though, I mean, he can only have 30 people at his funeral. And I think that is a great thing. I really believe that some of these COVID regulations should be carried forward. I think, unfortunately, a lot of the ones that I don't like will be carried forward. But the 30 people at weddings and the 30 people at funerals? Perfect. It really makes a competition atmosphere for people in your life to really jostle for position if they want to attend the big show. You know, I don't want a hundred people. I don't want a funeral at all, to be very honest with you. The BBC, they did huge coverage to the point, you know, there were over a 100,000 complaints. a hun- Over 100,000 formal complaints. This is people who wish, they're not just disappointed. They're not just like, oh, this is too much coverage. I really wanted to watch Master Chef. You know, these are people who pick up the phone or go online and register their displeasure. And I think these are the biggest losers going. I mean, what is happening in your life? No wonder people are begging for vaccine passports when they even want their displeasure formally logged. They're like, will will I re- uh, receive a certificate? I need tracking and physical proof and a document that I was displeased on Friday because I had to turn to a streaming service. Oh, my God. Are you going to be OK? Complaints happen and they don't bother me. As my mother always said, Catherine, if we all like the same thing, we'd all be married to your father. I receive complaints of my own. It's happened in the past. It will happen in the future. Most recently, there was a huge viewership for All That Glitters on BBC Two, the new jewelry competition search that I am hosting. I have a very small role in the show. I just come in, try to tell some jokes, relieve the tension so that the jewelers can get back to what they do best. And that is on every Tuesday at 8 p.m. on BBC Two. And you guys are the ones who please have to watch it because... You know the type of, like, everyone else who watches it. And some of those people, I don't know, they're the complaining types. And there were some complaints because I suggested that straight white men were very confident. And, I mean, I don't know how you even log that complaint. Would you come on and be like, dear BBC, I am in no way confident. Uh, That is slander against me. I am really down in the dumps. Zero confidence from me. Signed straight white man, send. I mean, I don't, I don't mean you any harm. I think confidence, fellas, is a beautiful thing. I have confidence. Who, who do you think coached me to have this kind of confidence? My dad told me, and my mother told me too, actually, um, when I was small, they were like, Catherine, there's nothing that these boys can do that you cannot achieve yourself. And why did they have to tell me that? Well, because from the time I was an infant and I was marketed, you know pretty skinny Barbie toys and dolls and kitchenware and like a pretend vacuum and bows and fairy outfits. The little boys had airplanes and astronauts on all their stuff and they had tools and they had vehicles and even infant boys like newborn baby boys Every piece of clothing that you buy for them has a predator on it. It's like just a little innocent baby boy with like sharks all over him or dinosaurs or like <laughs> different types of weaponry. I don't know. So we're always told, you know, if this wasn't ever about men. It was about encouraging another woman because women from the time we're small, certainly not all of us, but generally We're told to be quiet, to sit nicely in the restaurant, to say sorry, not to get in the way, to be gentle, all that shit. And my parents, well, in fairness, I was very quiet and very well behaved and respectful and uh, I was great in a restaurant. But (laughs) they told me like, no, don't say sorry for things that aren't your fault. Go get what you want. Be confident. There's nothing these boys can do that you can't. And I grew up just with confidence. And confidence is not a bad thing. It, maybe it is slander in Britain, you know, because I know that you guys have a different uh, you know, level of humility and confidence maybe sounds really American and you're supposed to just be, you know, keep calm and carry on. I get it. I didn't mean to offend you. I will never set out. I know I don't wake up in the morning and be like, "I'm going to offend Martin today." That is my goal in life. I want to make people feel relaxed and happy, and I'm never going to be everyone's cup of tea. That's cool two nights later, there was a woman, well, there were hundreds of people, but I don't read every tweet because I don't give a shit. But every once in a while, I'll pick one out and be like, "Oh, I wonder what this person is like, a troll who sent me a comment about like, why is your face fat? You've clearly had more Botox in lockdown. Uh, Can I please speak for estheticians when I tell you that Botox, first of all, is not filler. (laughs) I know this is besides the point, but the misunderstanding around Botox, every time my face gets fatter, people are like, oh, look at all the Botox she's had. What has she done to her face? Genuinely, Botox is the thing that relaxes your muscles and filler is the thing that fills it up. Guess what else fills it up? Fat. And anyway, whatever. So this woman was like, Catherine looks horrible. What has she done? Fine. I look at her profile. This woman is bananas. She's a teacher, number one, like the head of a department. So that is who's looking after your daughters all day. And she doesn't know how to use the internet. And I'm glad she deleted her tweet because I did not want to amplify this woman's information any more than I already had by replying. What did I reply? I was like, I would, I would tell you what's up, but it would make you feel like such an incredibly dumb fuck. And I'd rather you just enjoy your weekend because I don't care to give these people an explanation anyway her education was on there her place of work was on there where she lives was on there her photos of her teenage children in their school uniforms so you know where they go to school you know all this stuff about her links to her daughter's business like it sickens me to think and this woman I mean she's probably very nice day to day she posted Uh, lots of great um, social mobility stuff and Black Lives Matter stuff. And I think her heart's in the right place, but she's also kind of a part-time troll. She doesn't know how to use the internet. I don't really want someone in charge of my children who's that dumb online with information. And it reminded me that (laughs) teachers, you know, we're told when we're small, oh, certainly my generation, if your teacher's displeased with you, your teacher is right and you have to trust these teachers and they are the authority figures and kids have less respect now than they used to but i mean i can see why they're just they're just people and our teachers they were great and i had mostly really great experiences but when we got to be about 18 19 and in my generation we still went to school until we were 19 we had OAC Which is like grade 13, we were probably the last year to go to school that long. It was good though. It's good not to rush your kids off to uni, I guess. But there were some sexy young male teachers and female teachers, by the way, because teachers are not that old, who started dating students. And these were adult students, you know, they were over the age of 18. So it was a real gray area and it did not happen often. But I remember a few little dalliances and we would gossip about it at school, but it was never, I mean, it wasn't widespread, but it wasn't investigated either. It wasn't a thing. It was like, well, she's an adult. She's an OAC if she wants to, you know, make out with that teacher because we'd all go to the same bars on the weekend. And then the male teachers, a lot of them were coaches. So they were really cozy friends with the boys who would play sports Bobby K my gorgeous husband for a start he was uh, an athlete a really great athlete and he was friendly with a lot of these teachers and those men were also my teachers but when we broke up it was almost like they gave me a harder time they were mean to me because they were on Bobby's side they were like Bobby's friends it was so weird We kind of all felt the same age for a while. And then we'd go to parties on the weekend, house parties. And these teachers would be at the house parties. Wrap your head around that. They would be at like a teenage house party. I have pictures of my 16, 17-year-old friends and me in our little crop tops with our skin-colored hair and hair-colored skin hanging off this one sexy male teacher. Like doing kissy faces and sticking our tongues out. You know, it was a joke that he was sexy and he was at the party. And they behaved themselves. I never, I have to go on record saying, yes, I did get off with the prom security guard. I'm not proud of that. But I never had anything with the teacher. None of my close friends had anything with the teacher. I did not witness any wrongdoing. But it was still weird. Teachers aren't perfect is what I mean. I can't believe this woman was a teacher, but sometimes a teacher can bully you. Sometimes a teacher can play favorites. Sometimes a group of male teachers can decide that they don't like you because they're friends with Bobby K. And it wasn't all of them. I have to say, do I believe that they should be dug up and canceled for these? Pa- no, absolutely not, because that was culture then. It was fine and it was only a couple of them, but it was just looking back now, so inappropriate but so fun let's have a little word from our sponsors and when we come back i'll get to your spicy emails
0: planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig.
2: My sister and I really struggle to get along, Katherine. It hurts, as I'd love to have a friend or friendship type relationship with her, but I find her so resentful towards me that it blocks it. I've only ever tried to do my best for her as my younger sister, but she says she doesn't think I did enough. Our mom died when I was 23 and she was 19. My sister in law also hates me as I called her a hypochondriac once. Problem is, she really is one. <laughs> she was social distancing way back in 2018-19 because she had a newborn. Literally, every time we met up for a playdate, my daughter wasn't allowed to be within one meter of her daughter. Even though I apologized profusely for calling her a hypochondriac after she told me it was hurtful, she still hates me for it now. In general I often feel like I'm having to be the bigger person and let things go to keep the peace but other people hold on to their resentment tightly for years and I don't get treated fairly in the meantime. It makes me feel like the relationship is unbalanced and I'm making all the effort and trying to let things go all the time while they are still angry. I don't want to cut off family members as I have very few. It just feels like the family I have expect a lot from me and they don't like me very much because I don't reach their expectations. I have two children of my own and I do my best to balance everything. I'm not sure what else I can do. Well, don't hang out with people who hate you. If you genuinely feel like your sister-in-law hates you, as you say, or holds resentment toward you, I mean, she is entitled to hold on to that you know some people want to be miserable some people want to be offended some people want to be mad and not everyone is going to like you uh she she does have a right to social distance with her daughter and be a hypochondriac fine you called a spade a spade but she's not that kind of person she sounds like a nightmare I mean especially because she's not really related to you. she's just married to one of your siblings so like peace She has no blood relation to you. Sure, the child does. And I'm sure you can get together soon at family gatherings and stuff. And the cousins can have a relationship. But don't put your back out to be friends with this woman. As for your little sister, I'm so sorry to hear that you both lost your mother. And I think little sisters often do look up to bigger sisters, almost in a parental role. I think it was very hard for my sister Carrie specifically. Not Joanne. Joanne was deeply pleased. But Carrie, when she was 14, I moved away and we were close, close, close until I went. She might have been 13. I went to uni and then I went to England and then I never came back. Uh, She doesn't resent me for that, but I think sometimes she just misses me. You know, she wants to be around me. So maybe make special time for your sister and just say, look, I can't change the past. You have to Uh, think about whether I deserve a little sympathy because my mother died too and I am older than you but I was only 23 if I didn't do enough then I can't change that you know in the past but I can try to show you that maternal love and support that you need now so let's go out for drinks let's go for a walk let's get you know massages I don't know what's open exactly but you can do things with your sister and as for other family members you don't need a big family You really don't. It's blood relation is not all it's cracked up to be. And you could be family with someone on a different vibration, family on a spiritual level with people, family on a friendship level with people that you've met in your life, other moms whose kids are the same age as yours. I mean, I wouldn't get so pent up on who's blood related to me because I am blood related with some absolute fucking wild cards. And... I don't really make time for them. You don't have to cut someone out. Chrissy Teigen left Twitter 22 days ago. She was like, Twitter is toxic. I'm out of here. I love Chrissy Teigen, but she made a big song and dance about quitting Twitter. Guess who's back? Back again. She had to join Twitter last night. She was like, um, I've decided to take the good with the bad. and miss Twitter. This is why you never announce your departure. <laughs> if you, if you don't want to talk to your sister-in-law, No need to make a big production. Just slowly. Don't text her. Don't call her. You don't need that shit. She doesn't like you. Find people who do. Here's one from a man. Catherine, I'm looking forward to being a father. I can't wait to mess up another life that's not my own. That's the spirit. But I find it so weird and awkward when I tell people I'm going to be a dad soon. Having people congratulating me feels strange. I really don't know how to react or respond. What do you think? How messed up does this sound to you? I mean, not messed up. It is weird, right? Congratulations for you, I guess, haven't done anything yet, except obviously, congratulations for having a positive sperm count. Congratulations for what's to come. I think it's okay. Well, I mean, no pun intended. I think it's all right to congratulate someone about the future. If you Got into a good university, if you got a job promotion, if you had something cool coming up, people might say congratulations. And a baby is a really joyous event. And I think those people, well, first of all, they've just been taught through society to say congratulations when someone's expecting a baby. Like it's not, you know, that's just a social norm. What do you want people to say? (laughs) Like, oh. Because, gosh, when you're the mom, people say a host of terrible things to you. They, like, try to give you advice or they say you're too big or too small or they're like, oh, well, you better watch out because, oh, well, you know, when I had a baby, my entire asshole fell out of my jaw. Like, they have terrible things to say. So congratulations sounds pretty good. And by the way, one of the benefits of being the dad is that you can just live your life fancy free and not tell anyone. If you don't want to be confronted with the congratulatory comments. So to answer your question in the simplest way, how do you react? Say thank you. Um, and if you want to take the road less traveled, just don't tell anyone. Or if people find out that you're expecting, just be like, what? What? Like, I'm going to assume you're in a heteronormative relationship where you have potentially um, a woman partner who's carrying her child with you if someone goes oh I saw Danielle's pregnant just be like what the fuck are you sure like just act like you don't know live your life any way you want and then even when the baby comes you don't really have to make an announcement Uh, I don't know it's up to you the world is your oyster don't tell anyone if you don't want to confront it have any series of mixed reactions that you want if people find out you're the dad. No one is going to fire you, comment on your body, tell you how to raise the baby. You can just keep golfing. Here's one from a teen. Catherine, I'm 15 years old, and one of my best friends recently told me he really liked me right at the start of a two-week break from school. I do not think about him in the same way, and I told him as such, but I don't really feel like I'm able to talk to him in the same way now. We went from calling and talking daily to not talking in days, or only very briefly speaking. Everything's awkward, and I don't know what to do. Also, I'm dying to ask friends for advice, but my dad thinks it's cruel to spread it around. What should I do? Oh, I like that you talk to your dad about this, and he's sticking up for the young man. He's like, oh, he's been rejected, and we don't want to make it worse for him, but... I also instinctively kind of bristle at your dad's description of you sharing your feelings with trusted girlfriends to potentially be cruel and impact this boy in a negative way when you know you have effectively lost a friend if you feel like you used to talk to this guy every day and now you can't and you want to share that with someone and you want to maybe speak to your friends about it um, I kind of get where your dad might have a chat and say well, let's try to contain this young man's embarrassment a little bit. Don't go gossiping it all around the school. But it's also not cruel. I think cruel is the wrong word to use. And we moderate our behavior to accommodate young men a lot of the time. And we don't want them to feel ashamed. And we don't want them, you know, why? Because when a man feels shame or embarrassment he could become very dangerous you know like these are all a lot of themes that are going through my head right now that i think we need to be careful to stay away from i'm on your dad's side about not amplifying this too much of course you never want to be uh dismissive of anyone's feelings but do you have a trusted close friend who wouldn't make this situation worse uh, if you don't i'm glad that you can talk to your parents i'm glad you can talk to me Because it's very natural. I'm glad that this young man was like, here is me putting it out there. I have feelings for you. And then you were brave enough to be like, well, I don't really feel the same way. I think it's very natural to go through a cooling off period after that because it is awkward. But anything uh, that's difficult or awkward, I promise, will not be that way forever. It softens. Once you get distance from an event, things get better. So... Is he acting differently towards you or do you just feel awkward now because you know that he fancies you? I mean, I might have a chat and just go, oh, yeah, do you want to do this and do that? Uh, You've made your feelings clear. It's not like you're leading anyone on and just see if you can pick that friendship up maybe after a week or two cooling off period. I think it's really good that he did it right before the break. You might just be able to get back to normal and people will surprise you like he has been rejected. He's going to have to learn to metabolize that. And he could just bounce back and be like, oh, okay, great. You're not interested. That's cool. I'm going to find someone who is and you and I can continue to be friends. Like This happens all the time. Here's another email titled a classic. Catherine, I met a boy, and we were best friends all the way through school. We definitely had a flirty friendship, and everyone used to think we dated, including our parents and friends. He did ask me out numerous times, but I always turned him down, prioritizing friendship. Oh my gosh, is everyone being hit on by their male friend these days? This is almost related to the last email. This flirtatious dynamic continued even when he met his girlfriend. Upon meeting said girlfriend, he told the entire school that I was gay, which I wasn't. Well, that's weird. He never let me meet his girlfriend. And by the time he was a year or two into the relationship, I had fallen in love with him. What? Hang on. So your best friends. Okay, I get it now because I'm thinking of teen movies. So your best friends all through school, your only friends. He asked you out. You were not interested. He got a girlfriend told the school you're gay um it's a young woman writing me by the way I never say their name but uh you're not gay but I'm sure he did that to make his girlfriend more comfortable because if your parents and all your friends thought there was something romantic going on between you surely his girlfriend in many cases when you're young might feel threatened by your relationship also okay so he goes no she is gay this is my girlfriend he doesn't let you meet her well she probably didn't Want to meet you. You know what I mean? I feel like that is maybe coming from her. And over the course of this time, you see him with someone else and now you like him? Got it. In our final year of school, he stopped talking to me all of a sudden completely. I will admit, I made a fool of myself chasing after him. So the more he distances himself from you, then the more you like him. It's been around a year since that, and I feel I'm still not over him. I'm in a new, amazing, and healthy relationship where I feel respected and content. However, having this relationship has given me some new insight in the aforementioned friendship. I feel I'm still not over him. We have many mutual friends. He keeps appearing in my dreams. I feel guilty over this silent heartbreak. Am I allowed to mourn a relationship I never even had? How do I get over this? Well, of course, you're allowed to mourn any loss. Give yourself that space. Uh, this very much seems like a case to me of wanting what you can't have. I mean, the fact that you don't even talk to this boy anymore and your relationship fizzled out while he had a girlfriend and he told the school that you're gay, even if you were. I mean, it's worse if you were gay, but it's still fucked up even if you're not gay to out someone to the school why to make your current girlfriend comfortable or just it just seems like this guy is not the one I think you're just nostalgic for this friendship that you lost and I'm the same when something gets taken away from me I'm like oh my gosh I have to have that and it makes me want it more I don't like being told no perhaps you're the same way and now you've put him on this pedestal where you're like he was right in front of me the entire time he was the one for me it sounds like he's kind of an asshole. And you have a lovely relationship now that you said you're contented by. You really just need to mourn this loss, like any other and go, that's done. I have to move forward. I mean, I don't know what practices you can try to get this out of your head. I would always recommend just time and distance of not speaking to someone, but you're already doing that. I think you just have to talk to yourself every day convince yourself no I I think I'm obsessed by this loss and I like the friendship we had but a relationship wouldn't have worked because here is a young man who told the school I'm gay Some emails now uh, from people who are giving their own advice to emails from last week. And this is a beautiful layer of telling everybody everything that has evolved over the podcast. I really love it because sometimes there are problems that I cannot solve, and then experts come out of the woodwork. There's a lot of support for my mom's appearance on the podcast last week. They're so happy that she got her vaccine and that she felt really sick. They're like, yeah, that's due to a protein spike. That's great. Um, and they really like our relationship thanks for that um, I think some of you will remember the young woman who is in a relationship worried about the frequency of sex really feeling rejected by her partner because he didn't want to have sex with her as often so i took a took a punt on helping that woman but now I have a wonderful email from a sex therapist so she says number one Tell her frequency of sex isn't everything. There is no perfect, average, or normal amount. Catherine was right in saying one to three times a week is still a lot, and demanding you want more than your partner is comfortable with isn't the right way to deal with it. What you want to think about is the quality of sex you're having, not the quantity. Number two, reframe what you think sex is. If sex to you is penetrative sex, yes it is, then... (laughs) That you need every day, you may want to broaden your horizons. Sex can be a kiss to penetration and everything in between. Not in my house. You might want to explore masturbation if you feel you need sex more often than your partner, if that's something you're both comfortable with. Lockdown. I don't know why I'm like in a giggly mood about sex. I think it's because I've been reading from teenagers and now I feel like I'm in high school. We talked a lot about teachers and stuff, and I'm sorry I'm being a bad student. And this sex therapist deserves my full attention. Thirdly, lockdown has been tough on relationships. 44% of participants in a recent Kinsey Institute study said their sex life had declined recently during lockdown. It's totally normal. Everyone's more stressed, more anxious, more tired, and more locked up together than they have ever been. Give yourselves a break if you're having sex less. If it's really causing distress in your relationship, then seek help. And finally, Don't just ignore it. Not knowing your partner's side of the story, I can only base it on what I heard in the podcast, but it sounds like both of you have anxiety around sex, presenting in different ways. We work with methods that help you concentrate on your senses and away from that anxiety. If she'd like to get in touch, we'd be happy to chat more so she can find the right help. This is wonderful advice. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to... I mean... I don't know if this person's allowed to name the sex therapy company. I wouldn't mind naming it. I mean, it's not an ad. But anyway, she calls all of this sexual desire discrepancy. It's really common what you're going through. So, yeah, it's always good to reach out to a professional, especially in the pandemic. You know, some of us need a little extra advice from a profession. So thank you for that free advice. Um, If you want me to name your company, I will next week. I just need your consent to do that cool oh wait one damn second hot off the press the toronto police have just tweeted i love that everyone has social media now the actual police have just tweeted something in response to the new covid news i'm gonna call carrie oh yes everyone loves a phone call from carrie hello hola what's up? i'm just recording the podcast maybe you've Um, heard of it telling everybody everything by whom? Who's telling everyone everything? Catherine Ryan's telling everybody everything. Um, so Catherine I've, Ryan! Yeah, yeah. I was just talking about all the new Ontario legislation, and I know all about this. But tell me about this Toronto Police tweet, because it's hot off the press.
1: So the Toronto Police tweeted, um, Have you ever been stopped by the police when you're walking down the street? Regulation... 5816 prohibits the arbitrary collection of identification information by
2: police. Well, well, well. So you think that the police, like this, might be a little detente that they don't want to pursue the will of the government to, like, just detain anyone?
1: They posted it about a couple hours before it was released in the
2: news, but I feel like they knew that was going to happen, right? Very interesting. Yeah, because. Anyway, I feel like, no,
1: they're not going to.
2: People are saying that this legislation or whatever COVID temporary legislation will adversely impact minorities and socioeconomic demographics and everything else because now police can just like stop anyone anytime for any reason and they can choose who to stop.
1: People aren't safe with random stops.
2: Yeah. It's all bananas, it's isn't actually it? It's
1: terrifying. Well, I don't know. It's terrifying. Because I, anyway, people are spoken to quite differently than I'm spoken to. Right. That's been, like, very pro-follow the rules throughout COVID, which I think is nice.
2: Well, he's old.
1: And, but, you know, that it is nice. Like, he's a high-risk person, so absolutely follow the rules. But if everyone followed the rules a year ago, we wouldn't have been in this mess. No, no one followed the rules. Also, the rules don't work. Also, why aren't they telling people to wash their hands? Why aren't they telling people to take some vitamins and up their immune system? Gosh. Like, no one's washing their hands because people just wash their hands i don't
2: think the spread would be as bad well do you know when vaccines originally came out like in victorian times when people were dying of like the plague and everything horrible doctors didn't even wash their hands like they deliver babies they do surgery without washing their hands and then kind of around that time everyone just started washing their hands well they didn't have access to soap and water i know i live in england
1: anyway pretty cool
2: that is cool so what are you doing this weekend
1: uh, I'm bringing boxes to my friend's house because
2: she's moving. What about you? Mm, hopefully, being outside. I want to go to a patio today. I just, uh, you—they have walk-ins. Stop bragging. Shit. Sorry, but you can go to the patio in six weeks.
1: Okay. Well, I have
2: to go to the bathroom because it's the morning. Okay. Bye. Love you. Love you. Bye. That's what's new with us. What's new with you? I hope that everything's going well for you. Thank you so much for listening to Telling Everybody Everything. If you want to write me an email, you can do so at tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. Such a lovely community. Thanks for getting in touch. Thanks for helping other listeners when I don't help them well enough. That's really cool. Thanks for everyone's support of my mom's vaccine explanation. The main takeaway they're like, well, she got really sick because her immune system's really strong. Some of you even remembered that my mom had Hong Kong flu when she was seven, and remembered that she probably also had COVID last February. And so her body's just like, oh, ready, ready to go. Um, It's always interesting having these conversations, listening. I love that, that we're all in touch here. So I will see you next week.